everybody. Welcome to Idle Chat. I'm Jonathan Idle, a.k.a. Johnny Idle. Thank you so much for listening. We have a great episode today. My friend Andy, columnist Andy Sowers, back on the show. Hi, Andy. Hey. Just really quick, I just want to say, guys, don't forget we have that giveaway for the Get Real uh, Lisa's Birthday Burn Hot Sauce. All you have to do is tell us why you need this hot sauce, and we will be giving it away the next time we record a chit-chat with Bessie. So get on that, guys. There's literally no catch. I don't care where you are. We're going to send it to you. So, hey. Thanks for doing this, man. Oh, I'm very excited, and the subject is very uh, important, and I think it needs to be discussed. <laughs> All right. Well, that, <laughs> we need to challenge conventional wisdom and finally bring uh, a measure, a modicum of respect to something that I think has been widely disrespected. I am, buddy, I am, like, shocked by this. Like, I can't even believe these words that you're saying. Well, you know, hey, come on, just just bring it out. All right, just, here's the deal, guys. Uh, there is a movie. I don't know if you listen to Andy's other episode. I feel like this is kind of a thing now. This is Andy's thing where he comes on and and he defends things that are widely panned in the entertainment industry. This is kind of your thing, and I do the same. I love talking pop culture. I love it. But I, what we are talking about today is the horrendous 2003 movie, The Room. It's not horrendous. Dude, it is horrible. No, it's a sketch. It's a sketch. It's it's a work. In, it could be a work in progress. But it can't be a work in progress because it came out seventeen years ago. Wait, how many times did they remake the Hulk? I okay. mean, how many? It, 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 we're looking at a future room reboot. Okay, all right, we'll get to that. I can. All right, I can see what you're saying. We're going to get to that. So, if you guys haven't seen this movie, it is. Andy doesn't agree, but I think it's absolutely horrible. A lot of people believe it's horrible. And then it was then there was a movie about the making of the room called The Disaster that Artist was great with too. James Franco, which is incredible. We yeah. watched that last night. It's fantastic. So I think my argument is I find the story of the making of the room to be far more compelling than the than the one hundred minutes that we are stuck watching this terrible movie. You know, here's the thing. You know, <laughs> and, and let me just preface it with another um, much maligned movie franchise, okay? I, I guess I do consider myself a public defender for the culture, culturally maligned. Okay. Because I think people, first of all, I mean, y you're an artist, you're a musician, you and you do a podcast, you know what it takes to put these things together. Sure. You know how hard it is. Yeah. It's not something anybody can just do. Right. So, so... <laughs> When people want to take pot shots at like a movie or a song or a play or whatever, it's like, you know what? Back off. You know, until you do something, you know, yeah. back off. Yeah. But more importantly, I, I when The Matrix came out, I loved The Matrix. Yeah, it was loved great. it. Absolutely loved it. The second movie came out, and I had asked a friend of mine, I said, what do you think? Oh, it's terrible. Don't bother. And mm, so... That's a stretch, I think. Well, yeah. you know, the thing is, is that, you know... Um, my wife is not a movie goer. She doesn't like um, really to go to the movies too often, and, and it's got to be a home run for her to even find it sat a, a satisfying experience. I think I mentioned this in the last podcast that it's um, if it doesn't star Meryl Streep, chances are she's not going to see it. Right, right, right. So we didn't bother. And then the sequel to The Matrix Reloaded, I, I don't know what it was called, Matrix Revolutions, I think? Something like that, yeah. Came out, and, and same friend said, don't bother. That's terrible, too. So I didn't bother. I ignored it um, for years. And then I was at Ocean State Job Lot, and I saw the videotape. Wait, four the, bucks? No, 50 cents. <laughs> I saw it for 50 cents. It's got to be worth two quarters. I said, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to okay. give it a shot. I'm like, oh, my God. I saw it. I'm like, what? I love this movie. What, what do you mean? It's, it's not good. Um, and I was furious. And then, of course, I saw Revolutions. I'm like, oh, my God. Why do I listen to people? Right, right, right. Why do I listen to people? I... I'm one of those ones where I would rather form my own opinion. I've gone and seen plenty of movies that aren't doing well, but the premise of the movie interests me, so I go. I, I, I can usually find something redeemable about just about any movie. Okay. Oh, I should probably add, guys, we are outside. We are socially distant. We are on your decks. You might hear, you might hear cars go by. You might hear birds. You might hear wind, whatever. That's what's going on, but we're doing it. So, Well, apropos. Yes. The Room. Yeah. Someone told me. Oh, you got to see the room. It's the best worst movie ever. You got to see it. I said, uh, James Franco calls it the Citizen Kane of bad movies. Yes, that was what this person called yeah. it, the Citizen Kane of bad movies. You got to see it. Have to see it. Really made a sell on how bad it was. Do you know who that person was? 
<laughs> that was you. Me? You. Yeah, yeah. You told me it was terrible. It is and terrible. So, <laughs> you, said, you can even see it for free on YouTube. It's that bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I was like, I don't want to see a bad movie. I don't want to do this. I don't want to see this. And so I avoided it. And then I saw, I saw that the Disaster Artist was coming out, and uh, I think you had even said another time, you said, you got to see it. you got to first see The Room before you see The Disaster Artist. Right. And the Disaster Artist was on, I don't know, one of the cable channels. I said, okay, i got to see The Room first. And so I called it up on YouTube and, you know, whatever. And I was like, this is not that bad. There is actually a story here. There's actually a lot of potential. Here's the thing. <laughs> Here's the thing. The ingredients are there. I, I think this could have been a really, really good movie if... Wait, so could have been? That means you, you're saying right there it's not. I'm saying it, it's a sketch. It's rough. It could be. Okay. It's all, right. all It's all there. I have... I, I wrote notes. I can tell you exactly, exactly what would need to be done to make this a great... And, and I, I'll, make a, I'll make a believer out of you at the end. Okay. But, I mean, let me ask you a question. Can you acknowledge that it has some good things? The music is good. The music is horrible. What do you mean the music is the music, good? The music, the music is good. sounds like like softcore porn. Oh, that's a stretch. Oh, it's no, not. No, no, conveniently, that's a, that's a stretch. Here's what I'm going to do. So, guys, <laughs> here's where we are usually very much so uh, anti-spoilers on this, but this is a 17-year-old movie. So if you haven't seen it by it, now. You're not going to see it. It's going to happen. No, you guys. I, I look at. I will recommend anybody should see this movie. And it, yeah, anybody should see this movie. Okay, so I'm just going to go into just a quick timeline for the next uh, 31, the first 31 minutes of the movie. All right. Okay. At four minutes and 30 seconds, Danny, Denny, Dinny, whatever the hell his name is, uh, jumps into bed with them. Yeah. No. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now wait. Now now we don't know if Danny, Denny, Dinny is 22 or or 18. We don't know. Okay. Probably. I I I. I pegged him college age. You know? Okay, but they do acknowledge that, that Johnny got him his apartment when yeah. he was 18 years old. So, And then he comes out with the line, I just like to watch you guys. Mm. Creep. The creep level at four and a half minutes is already redlining, okay? So now at five minutes and 20 seconds, we get the first very long, super uncomfortable sex scene mm -hmm. at five minutes and 20 seconds. Terrible softcore porn, late night Cinemax, uh, yeah, no, no, it was gratuitous. Okay. Now, Lisa cheats on Johnny with his best friend Mark for the second uncomfortable sex scene at 17 minutes and 20 seconds. She says the line, how about this, I like you very much, lover boy. <laughs> All right? 26 minutes, uh, the third uncomfortable sex scene happens between Lisa and Johnny. It is the same footage as the first sex scene because... The actress did not want to do it again because apparently he was like super abusive to her in the first one, like mm -hmm. complaining about her having like blemishes on her skin and in front of everybody, like totally insulted yeah, her. Yeah. At 20 out, 28 minutes, uh, Lisa's mom announces that she has breast cancer, only to never have it mentioned again for the rest of the movie. I'm going to get to this. Okay. <laughs> 31 minutes. Wow, what a surprise. Another uncomfortable sex scene happens at 31 minutes. So there's the first half hour of this disaster, okay? Let's, you want to talk about that? Go ahead. All right, look, no, I'm not saying... I'm saying that in Hollywood, uh, in television or in movies, you know, they do a draft, and you submit it to a bunch of readers, and they take notes. They, they, right. they And they make their suggestions, and they, they kind of rap about it. It's a very collaborative process, maybe more so in, in TV than in, in, uh, in movies. And, um, and it's very common. A lot of writers hate the notes. They hate notes. But it can be very constructive. This script needed notes. Well, sure. This script needed notes. Okay, so now if you're going to say, okay, the final product here, is, uh, what they had there is, uh, is terrible. It's, it just, I would say... Um, okay, it's not as good as it could be. It's not terrible. It's just it, things need to be tweaked. We're just, I, we're just going to have just again, guys. Like like everything else on this uh, show, if you listen, everything we talk about is subjective. I'm never going to tell you you're wrong. I'm not going to argue right. with you about. It. I'm never going to do that. I just I think it's okay. sure. It, it, the thing is, the problem is. Okay, you know what? Listen, Continue, please. Okay, Go so ahead. Let's let's, let's uh, in a let's say you wrote a song. Okay. Sure. And you sure. wrote it on your acoustic guitar. Yep. And 
you said you played it for people, or maybe, maybe if maybe you were in a band, you played it for your band, and they, and if they said, um, oh well, you know, we could do this, or you should do this, you should do this, it is a work in progress. You know, it, it's, a song is never really finished. I mean, even the great song um, Hallelujah has multiple versions. I mean, and the, and the one that everyone knows and everyone likes, likes uh, is like the fifth incarnation. Jeff of, Buckley? Yeah, Jeff Buckley, yeah. that version. I mean, Leonard Cohen wrote it, and it was much different. And um, there's a, there, a, an entire book was written about that song and how many itinerations there oh, were wow. of it. It is a work in progress. So look at it like a movie, like you would a song, that it's not final. Like, yeah, okay, this version of it, is not good, okay? Okay. It, but it could be better. You put it in the right hands, it could be better. And like I said, with Hollywood, nothing's final. I've always said, too, I never understood why they do reboots or remakes of good movies. I always feel like they should take bad movies and try to do it well. But don't you think that the story of The Room guy just kind of clueless totally in love with his fiance she's terrible she's cheating on him hasn't that been done a thousand times no this because actually it's not about that and I'll, i will describe to you what i think it's about <laughs> okay okay so listen at its heart in the at its heart you know and it kind of it kind of cuts around the edges here but at its heart it's a tragedy it, sure. and, and it's a multi-level tragedy it's yep. a multi-level tragedy mostly and uh, and I think you're going to find that um, this uh, resonates with with what you know about um, about Tommy Wiseau. Yeah. Um, is that how you pronounce Ta- Wiseau, it? Wiseau, I think. I'm not sure. Tommy Wiseau, Wiseau, who Wiseau. knows? It's a cautionary tale uh, on the dangers of a messiah complex. Okay. <laughs> so uh, and, and like I said, the script needs work, uh, but it, it, a, a few revisions. Okay. Do you think he really looked at it that way, or do you think he just said, "You know what? I'm just going to write this movie." I think he. I think he just blasted it out. Yeah, and he's, I think, a, he's I an think, insane person. I think he used personal experiences. Oh, oh, there's without a doubt to me that movie is very autobiographical. And I think I think that he has a messiah complex. I don't want him on my beer. There's a there's a a, a yellow jacket that is a, a fan of our uh, our, our sour. Our sour, yeah, it's very good, by the way, from Broadbrook. Very good. I like it's very it, Very tasty. The thing is, I don't think, I think what's going on is I think you're looking into it too much. I think he just said, I'm just going to write this tragic story. No, of course, but then again, like I said, as I oh, yeah, you got a thing for insects. She does, yeah. She doesn't want the insects to. <laughs> um, oh, you, did you know, by the way, there was almost a subplot in the movie that Johnny was a vampire? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, he was going to make Johnny that's... a vampire. His character was also, also on top of all this other stuff, he he wanted him to be a vampire. I could see. I could see why he would do that, because vampires at that time were like the Vogue thing. And In he, 2003, he, he oh, yeah. thought it would be like, you know, the thing to do. Yeah, he wanted to be a vampire. But really, at its heart, let's, so let's say I got his script and I read his script. These are the notes that I would give him. These are the things I would say. So, you know, first of all, it is a tragedy, and tragedies... If, Going back to high school uh, English here about a tragedy, a uh, a tragedies follow a five part format: the exposition, conflict, crisis, falling action, and resolution. There are three stories in this movie, three tragedies that all kind of um, center around this tragic hero. The first one, the bad relationship. The second one, the trouble with his protege, and the third one, the third kind of gold that was there that could really have rounded this out and you're gonna have to stick with me on this one is the mom having cancer the 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 wood this the, the mother having cancer well okay but but wait, they wait, never no, talk you, about wait, it again i know but listen to me like i said okay okay, okay. i was handed the script yep. and I'm, I'm giving you my notes okay so first of all i would say like uh the protagonist is a nice smart hardworking, but he is controlling oh he yeah thinks he can fix solve save everything and he misses the warning signs. Yeah, uh, people would probably interpret, "Oh, it's naivety," but n- no, it's not. It's a, it's sort of like a silent arrogance in him, in the power of himself. So the three-part format, okay, exposition uh, is a clean-cut, loving fiance. He's a generous banker, a mentor to this this kid, who's who's anywhere between eighteen and forty-seven. Right, yeah, so that's the first okay. part. Okay, <laughs> okay, and you you kind of you kind of map out this thing. You know the 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 you know. Um, uh, Lisa doesn't love him. She no. that and that's clear. But he thinks he can make her love him. Right. You know, with the money, with the right. lifestyle. The protege 
is Danny, 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 yeah, is an addict. Yeah, yeah. Claudette, so his, I guess, would be mother in law, is dying of cancer. And he thinks that he can fix everything. Right. And so he, you know, he's going to take care of everybody. Okay, so that's the conflict. So, so we went through exposition, the background, the conflict. The third part of the tragedy is the crisis. And now keep in mind, this tragedy format is a tried and true method. Shakespeare, you know, well, sure. uh, uh, Oedipus Rex, you know, this was all, you know, so I'm just following, you know, <laughs> right, the, right, the, right, the, right, the standard right. English 101. Right. Um, so the crisis, Lisa causes trouble, accuses him of hitting her. I did not. I did not. I did not. Yeah. This is bullshit. I, I did, did not. not. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, oh, hi Mark. Mark. <laughs> Wait, okay, which, okay, again, we'll, okay, we'll talk okay, about the, that so, scene some more. Okay, I have plenty of notes like that. Okay, go ahead. Denny's dealer, you know, threatens, and then Claudette becomes hospitalized. Like, you know, her disease takes a turn for the worse. She becomes hospitalized. But that didn't happen. No, I'm giving notes. Okay, 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 sorry. All right, the, the fourth part is the falling action. Okay, now this is the kind of, this is where the person, um, their their fatal flaw exhibits itself. That You know, where they, where you know, in the case of this protagonist, they miss the warning signs or they just feel that they can solve everything and fix everything, that messiah complex. All right. So this is where the stories converge, at the hospital. Um, <laughs> Johnny pushes a risky surgery on Claudette. Like, do all this surgery. It's going to save your life. I know. Well, I'll pay for it. I'll pay for it. Yeah, don't worry about <laughs> it. It's fine. I'm from um, New Orleans. Yeah. This is Lisa's mother, and so she expresses gratitude, and, and he thinks by saving her mother that she will love him. And Denny there breaks down, and Johnny said, you got to go rehab. You go rehab after this. I take you straight to rehab, okay? <laughs> okay. By the way, how's your sex life? Because that just comes out of nowhere so many times. Okay, okay. I'm going to get to that in a second. <laughs> um, all right, the resolution. And, like, think Hamlet, think Julius Caesar, think the tragedy. Claudette dies on the table. She dies. Lisa, distraught, just splits. And Denny ODs. Denny ODs. You know, he before he's, he's Denny, figured, Denny, he, Denny, he, yeah. Denny, you know, he, he ODs. You know, he, he says, okay, before I go to rehab, I'll just do it one last time. And he dies. And then Johnny shoots self, but, but he lives and he's disabled. So the Messiah becomes disabled. Okay. But I guess, yes. Uh, okay, so here's the deal. Unfortunately, they didn't do these things. No, I know. And instead, they put out 100 minutes of garbage. Okay. <laughs> no, but okay. So, so like, they, 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 a couple of improvements that could have been made. First, um, rewrite the script. Sure. They need it needed to be re revised. Sure. Cut out all the gratuitous sex scenes. Oh, by the way, there is uh, over 10 minutes of sex scenes. The movie is 100 minutes long. So one-tenth of that movie are super creepy, Skinamax-level sex know, and, scenes. And it's very, you know, the thing is, is it's very amateurish. It's incredibly amateurish. He's giving, he's trying to put the things there that he thinks will sell. But it does not match up with the character. It doesn't match up. It, there, there should be, first of all, Lisa... Does not love him. No. Does not love him. And so there should be, there should exist a tension. There should be exist kind of, there should be no sex scenes at all. So eliminate them all. There needs to be sort of a level of tension that's developed there. Also, trim the cast. So get rid of Michelle, Mike, Peter, Stephen, gone. Yeah. Mark, I think, um, needs to, like, his role needs to be all but eliminated, diminished, you know. He had, I read something, he really only had, he's the second lead in the movie, and he only had something like, he had something like 22 minutes of, of screen time or something like that. Take your comments in your pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. An, okay, wait, wait. Oh, sorry, okay, sorry. Wait, wait. Nope. Cut all the San Francisco exterior shots I oh. mean, it, it's 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 like a travel you know just get rid of them all and that's the thing i think in the end when he was doing it i think he needed to pad it out and he goes oh i do a scene of me walking yeah yeah, uh, yeah. no just cut all the same it, it, it the thing is the movie is about the room the room now they make it into this room in this house i say you make it in the hospital room that's okay. where so the room is becomes the hospital room all right and then the other thing is Tommy either either acts or he directs. He can't do both. 
You can't do both, and 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 it, you can't do, can't do both because you, you technically you can't do either. You can't but, yeah. do either, but you know the thing is, is I don't I don't think I don't think that necessarily he was bad at directing. I think that if if the movie is to be believed, you know, he knew what his vision was. You know, he was trying to what the, and he, and, and he kind of coaxed, you know, a, a a good scene out of Mark. You know, if that's to be believed. Yeah. Um, uh, or you know, or or what you know better better yet, just produce, just write it and produce it. You right. know, just you know, leave, try to hire. When this gets to my last point, spend the money better. There was a lot of money there. There was a lot of money. You know, uh, hire, the, a, a rumored to be over six million dollars. Hire real cinematographers, set designers. You know, real set designers. Get rid of the spoons. Whatever the, the deal is. With the okay, spoon. the only deal with the spoons is deal with the spoons is they needed something on the wall. And he just gave somebody some money to go out and buy some pictures. They just ran out and found these things with the spoons that's, and that's stuck them up on. That's literally how it happened. That's why we have these ridiculous pictures of spoons. It, it's and I guess I mean we'll go. We're gonna flash back. Really, are you done with your your, your one, thing? Uh, yes, one, please go uh, ahead. Yeah. Almost done. Uh, and then the last thing in terms of spending the money wisely is is do something better with the audio. The audio. I see. I thought the music was okay. I thought there was, but I just thought that the audio, like the way it, it was, it was too much. It was too pronounced. I kind of felt like, I mean, uh, we're audio people, you know what yeah. I mean? And and so I just kind of felt that it was like the music was too loud. It needed to be more in the background. It needed to be more subtle. And the overdubs, the actors' overdubs, oh. were were just horrible. Okay. okay, well, I guess now the other thing is with. His overdubs, he had to do so many overdubs because he could never remember lines. So he had to do a bunch of overdubs, he, and and they're, they did not go well, obviously. Yeah. They, they, it's so, hi, doggy. Sh- hi, hi, doggy. <laughs> you're my, as he's walking away, you're my favorite. Here, okay, let's talk about that. We're talking about the the flower shop scene. Yeah. And he comes in, and he's a very, if you guys don't know what Tommy Wiseau looks like, he's, he's very... He's not going to mix into a crowd. He's a very unique-looking fellow, and he walks into this flower shop. Hi, can I help you? Yeah, I'd like a dozen red roses, please. Oh, hi, Johnny. I didn't recognize you. Who's not going to recognize yeah, that, that fucking guy? Okay, so okay, <laughs> that could have been rewritten. Sure, sure, that could have been rewritten. And then now we'll talk about. And now he insisted on his ass being shown in the okay. sex scenes because he claims. Like it should be deleted. Yeah, it should be deleted entirely. Yeah. So what you're saying is if it had a different director, producer, writer, and no, actor. No, no, he's the producer. <laughs> no, no, no. I, l- listen, I, I think that if he if it was, if was he insisted on being a part of it, yeah. then I would say either be a director or an actor in it, but not both. Actually, I, I, I kind of feel like Mark playing the new Johnny, yeah. Johnny... Would be would have been better cast because I uh, you know the other thing was is Tommy was trying to channel Marlon Brando yeah and Marlon Brando would have been the wrong character for this the the rewrite right of the movie. right right You're, I'm thinking more like someone like um, like Michael J Fox with a controlling attitude I think we we probably should have touched on the fact that now this movie happened because Tommy Wiseau and and his uh, buddy Greg, I can't remember his last name, Greg, they were just two struggling actors trying to, and they were getting no breaks. and Which is so typically Hollywood. Of course. Tommy Wiseau was uh, an independently wealthy, very wealthy person, still is, when they really don't know how. Uh, there, there's all these it's things like... like Russian oligarch or something like that. Something like that. Well, I guess w- one thing he did, he, he got a SAG card because he recorded a commercial for his clothing line, in which he would get these... He would get leather jackets from overseas and then sell them. He had a store, and he, was, and he made a ton of money in that. And, and that's how he got his SAG card, being his own commercial. So, and then... Yeah, yeah, and then there's also talks that he did it in. He, he made a bunch of money in real estate and stuff like that, but nobody really knows. Right. And he spent. So they he just said, okay, yeah, we'll make our own movie. It's our movie. Yeah. And they went and they did this movie, and you know, and he paid. You know, he pay, paid to keep it in the theater for two weeks. That way, it would be it would be eligible, eligible for, the for, for the Oscar. Yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, the thing is, is that uh, okay? Now, again, I know what your criticisms are going to be. And I and I'm gonna agree with them, but like yeah. I said, that the point is, is it's a work in progress. I see this as a sketch. Now, he was pushing it, you know, get it out, get it out, get it going, get it out, because he had a, a separate agenda. You know, his agenda was his own ego. Oh yeah, but as a work of art, it has potential. Okay, I, I and that's great. My argument with that is, as a whole, right now, it's horrible. 
the movie itself. It's the, not the, the terrible green screens. Okay, that's a mistake. That's a production error. That 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 does. Okay, so if you're okay, go on. They're these go terrible ahead. green screens. Nothing's moving in the background. Right. They'll they'll have this scene for five minutes and nothing moves in the background because it's a still shot of something in San Francisco, something like that. This the roof. Everything looks look, looks like a set on Saturday Night Live. Okay, the roof is just kind of it's this roof area. They go into the door to go back down to the same door they go down every single time and come out of. They turn left. Watch them closely. When they go back through the door to go downstairs, they turn left. You know what's left? Nothing. They'd be going off the edge of the building. They, they, they turn left through the door. Right, 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 right. All right, and then in his room, they have a spiral staircase going up to the bedroom. That's another one, too. You can see the stairs and the railing just going to the wall. You know, they, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, um, his friend, I think, should have been— and, and maybe his friend was just kind of just— uh, just kind of going along for the ride yeah and but the thing is is i think that had he spoken to anybody who knew the business they would have guided him a little bit better well, sure and 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 you know the point being the point being is what you described with the green screen and the sets is a mistake oh yeah it's just a mistake it's they, not a, it, it does not make it a horrible movie they feel oh i can't agree with you so listen if if, so if, if if what paul mccartney plays yesterday and he flubs a chord does that make the song horrible? Well, no, because the the song was already finished and released as a really great song. Right, right. The song was already released. But you don't know what he's how, what it first started out like. Well, no, but it didn't get released like that. Uh, the point they didn't be- put a terrible version of Yesterday on an album and say there it is. Oh, well, let's have somebody else fix it down the road. They they but put that's out what a- happens in music all the time. Terrible songs get re re released. They get right. released and they get re recorded. Right. They get another cut and right. it, it's different. So but I'm initially saying, they're terrible. This, and so this can do that. Like I'm saying, though, what you're describing are mistakes that can be fixed. Well, they're sure. Not, it does not kill the story. Now the thing is, is that you know the room, the idea of the room is really important you know it's in the title for god's sakes but i mean the 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 room should be it should be almost like a play like everything just about almost everything should take place in a room i i proposed making the room the hospital room i'm not married to the idea but i think that that was a, a very good way of kind of following through on the name and then the the tragic formula right right and, and you have all these great ideas i think my argument is they didn't do these things they released a terrible movie you know tommy tommy's going to listen to your podcast you go i like this guy andy i'm going to have him i'm going to have him write my movie now. i would <laughs> love yeah, to, give him i money. would love to work with tommy wiseau yeah, but i want his friend johnny idol in it too yeah, yeah. Which who would I play? I'd be I'd be Dinny, Danny, Danny, whatever. <laughs> I love that we were talking about that great scene, where okay, so Lisa lies, accuses mm-hmm. him of hitting her, right? Right, and he goes up onto the roof, and and he claims they only took like six or seven takes to finish this right. one scene, where they they in the the disaster artist they it was like in the high teens kind of thing, but he comes up and he says. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. It's just so awkward. Okay. It's a mistake. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's not a deal killer. Well, it's, no. It, it, it can be fixed. It could have been rewritten. Now, now, I'll tell you, that alone, the fact that he brought that, and I, I, I it's got to be based in real life. Oh, sure. It's got to be because, but that alone, you know, the thing is, and while I've never experienced this myself, I have um, I've read numerous news stories it is for a guy it is so some unbelievably disorienting when someone uh you love and care about suddenly does something so unexpected so i'll give you an example one of my son's friends was going to be moving in with this girl they picked out the apartment they put down the deposit they you know, planned on moving day. They did everything. All the things were, all the ducks were in a row. And when the day came, she ghosted him. She ghosted him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he and he's like, wait, wait, we're supposed. Wait, I have the moving van. I'm ready to move. We're gonna move in together. I have it all set. Just didn't call him. Didn't say I can't do this. Just ghosted him, and moved in with another guy. When he found out, she moved in with the other guy, and he was like, what the hell just happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the? That is like that. Tommy was proposing and this the idea that this woman that he loves accuses him of hitting her. Right. That 
blows his mind. That that is gold there. That is that is writing gold. And then by the way, when he's sitting here arguing with her saying, I did not hit you, you know I did not hit you, he pushed her down onto the couch. Yeah, it's, again, <laughs> that's a mistake. Yes, of course it is. It's a mi- but there are, are mistakes, all... but but it they're mistakes, but mistakes can be corrected. Right, but they they weren't. That's my argument against what you're saying is they weren't corrected and they were left in the oh, I like this too. He 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 finds out that Lisa is cheating on him because she's just having a conversation just like this with her mom. Yeah, I'm sleeping with somebody else. While Tommy is home, while Johnny is home, he's there. Okay, and she just, just like we're talking now, just says, oh, yeah, and they live in this two-room place. Okay. Okay, so we're still caught up on this, okay? Well, no, yeah, but I'm I'm going to explain to you. I, you know all these things. I, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm just playing devil's advocate and just saying, saying things that are terrible about these mistakes in, in this movie that you say are mistakes, but they're left in, which make it, in my opinion, they make it a terrible movie. So, okay, let's let's just picture an alternate universe, all right? Okay. Alternate universe. Uh, Tommy- oh, 65 minutes, a fifth uncomfortable sex scene. Sorry, go ahead. Those are mistakes. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so, let's just say somebody, before it goes into a theater, uh, Tommy bumps into, hey, why don't you look at my movie? I, I, I'm going to screen it. And the guy looks at it. He goes, you know what? Um, I like what you've done here. Don't release it. Let's um, let's redo this. Sure, great. Okay? In an alternate universe, that has happened, okay? <laughs> and the movie has come out. But here's the thing, okay? here, Okay, I, I'll get to, I, I, let me cut to the chase here. <laughs> There was a chance that there could have been a really good movie, a, a, a kind of a good work of art. But those movies, there's so many of right. those movies. There's so many. Right. And I mean, the thing is, is that, you know, I don't think Thomas Wiseau wanted to be an artist. I think he wanted to be famous. He wanted to be famous. And so, you know, if he was given an opportunity and he saw two destinies here, you can make a great art house movie that will play on IFC. And you know maybe a couple of film uh, 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 professors will hold it up and so, show some of the positive things that you've done, or you can do this. It will be regarded as terrible, but you will become world famous. He goes, "I want the famous one." Okay, so you just so said it's terrible. I, I, I know that's what he 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 wanted to do this to <laughs> he, be famous. He wanted to be famous, and he, he wasn't for years. He bec- well, I mean, he was kind of underground famous because what happened with the movie is. It kind of turned into like this cult thing where yeah, people started going to midnight showings of it and stuff like that. I think this movie is so bad that it has the potential to turn into eventually. Okay, let's face it. Rocky Horror Picture Show picked up steam after, right? B- because it became this cult movie. I've seen Rocky Horror Picture Show uh, sixty-eight times in the theater. Okay, and I love Rocky Horror Picture Show. It's a terrible movie. Rocky Horror Picture Show is a terrible movie. It's a hundred times better than The Room because at least it had, at least it had Tim Curry and it had great songs and it, you know, it, it it had like really good rock and roll and it was like original music and stuff. It's still a horrible movie, I but I love it. I thought it was that bad. Right? You didn't think Rocky Horror was that bad? I, I mean, it, I, it's not my favorite movie, but I mean, it was fun. You know? Well, yeah, sure. I mean, it's I, you know, I love the movie. I love Rocky Horror, but I, it, it. My love for Rocky Horror is more for the experience that I had as a younger man going every weekend to go see it on midnight showings and, you know, doing the whole thing. So I really think that the room is is because now he's like this weird icon. Someone's going to remake this movie one day. I hope so. Someone is going to remake it. (laughs) And and if they and and if they listen to Idle Chat, they're going to take the notes. They're going to be like, oh, my God, this is gold. They're going (laughs) to they're going to cast the right the the right people. There's going to be a good director. It's going to be it's going to be a good movie. It's there. I'm telling you, the thing is, is that Hollywood churns and returns and returns the same crap. Nobody takes... So they might as well return this. Nobody takes chances anymore. Right. Nobody, oh, so no, I hate here it, yeah. comes this guy that by virtue of his wealth, he took a huge gamble and a huge risk. And I'm saying... There's something there. There's actually something pretty good. It's something original, for God's sakes. Let's 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 explore this. Now, of course, there are a lot of mistakes. There are a lot of mistakes. But you know, it would be like if, if you if you were like reading an Ernest Hemingway short story and we're and you're joking about the awkward the the, the, the typos or the awkward word choices, you know, an editor would come along and say, Okay, let's fix this, let's fix this. 
that's what this movie needed. Sure. It needed an editor. It needed rewrites. It needed, um, you know, people say... It needed a it, director. Well, it, you know, it's his money, so if, if he insisted on being a director, okay, I, I, I get it. And I've heard him, like, in interviews, he's not stupid. No, he's just really weird. He is weird. Yeah. Um, but I think that if, you know, with the right support group, this could have been something good. And I still think it will be. Because you know what? Hollywood fucking sucks. Oh, Hollywood yeah. sucks. Oh, yeah. Like, okay, so... I, I, did I ever tell you the story when I was in the Hartford Capitol? So I was a background. I was a, a lobbyist for this uh, n- uh, nonprofit called. Uh, it was a, it was a good government group called Common Cause, and I was the head of Common Cause, uh, Connecticut, Connecticut right. Common yep. Cause. And so I would lobby in the Capitol for campaign finance reform, ethics reform bill, and lo- all, all this good government stuff that keeps uh, politicians honest. And um, I would talk to a lot of the other lobbyists, and there was one woman who was the lobbyist in Connecticut for the Motion Picture Association. And I used to give her so much crap, and I'd be like, you know, I'd say, did you see this movie that came out? This movie sucked. I don't know why it is being nominated for the Academy Award. Does nobody see how, and, and we would just go back and forth, back and forth. And then one day I, I bumped, I, I walk into an elevator, and she's there. And can, you, can you mention one movie that you said that about? Oh, I don't. This was back in two thousand and one. Uh, I, I I can't remember. I can tell you a movie I did not like uh, that I thought was gratuitous was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I did not. I like. loved. I loved it. It was gratuitous. What yeah. was What was the point of that movie? Uh, I don't know, but I loved it. You know the thing. <laughs> that's what I mean. It was gratuitous. It was like it was like a it was like a a, a Hollywood love fest it's like oh wouldn't it have been great if charles manson didn't you know kill people and that's know? kind of tarantino's thing uh, did you see inglorious bastards no i don't like tarantino you know in inglorious bastards hitler gets gunned down in a rain of bullets like just a, just a just almost cut in half with a machine gun hitler you know so it's just like he tarantino yeah. cares not about history i I, you know, the thing is, I think he is a master writer. He's great at dialogue. I think he is a master. He has a great vision of setting and time. And that was the one thing I liked about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was, I mean, I wasn't alive. I, I mean, I was. I don't remember 1969 yeah, very well. Right. But for when I remember of like the early 70s, it was like, yeah, this feels really right. This feels, you know, from yeah. like, like, like I remember this bits and parts uh, of this from my childhood. Um, but I, I was like, I, I don't know. There's no there there. So you thought you think that there's more to the room? Yes. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Well, okay. So tell me, what's the story in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I think the entire story, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, basically, it's building up. You, you know that he's that they're 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 about to cross paths with the Manson family. You know that's how coming up, right? That's part of it, and then. And then it's basically it's a redemption story for Rick Dalton for Leonardo DiCaprio's character. It's his. It's a redemption story for him. He didn't do anything wrong. No, but he was just a wash up, washed up alcoholic actor. You think after that that he wasn't a washed up alcoholic actor? Uh, they showed that his career was was coming back. That that's how it came around. That his career was was being. I, I must have missed that. Yeah, yeah. What, was that's that, how. Was that like in the last? Uh... He went to when he went to. He did a bunch of those spaghetti westerns. Then when he came back, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, then he, they came back, and then if you he got invited up to. Yeah, I remember that. The Tate House. Yeah, and then what happened? Well, we don't know. He but got... nothing happened. <laughs> we get invited up to the Tate House. So what? <laughs> they smoked pot. <laughs> well, they well, smoked well, pot, well, and, her... and they described how he torched this this woman. <laughs> yeah, well, well, her 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 husband or whatever was uh, Roman, was Roman Polanski. Polanski. You think Roman Polanski would have would have cast him in something? I don't know. Do you think anybody else was going to cast? So it was Tommy a, it was a, it was a Hollywood fantasy. I loved it. Um, I I you know look look like 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 I said. Um, my point being is, it took a lot of money. It took the best actors. It took probably one of the best scriptwriters Hollywood has. Tarantino's a fantastic scriptwriter. Oh, yeah. Like he's he has a gift. Real for bad dialogue. actor though. Tarantino's not a great actor. You know, I I think that he's he's at his best when he's himself. Right. Did you ever see that scene with him and Ed Norton? Um, I don't know what movie it was on. Where <laughs> see Tarantino is doing what I'm what in that move in that clip. Tarantino's doing what I'm doing. He was defending Top Gun as a as a seminal <laughs> classic, and like why Top Gun was so important. Edward's like, oh come on, and he goes through it, and he he he, he convinces him. 
I think um, Tarantino is it has a gift for. Um, I think that well, that's his whole thing is, is is conversation. It's all that's his whole thing. I think that the I I think that in terms of, the, of that movie, I just thought that there was no there there. There was no real conflict. There was no development. There was no message. It was almost like, gee, wouldn't it be great? If they didn't die, and and wouldn't it be great if you know it would, you know it's like yeah I guess I don't know I don't know I, the room has a potential message it has a potential st- uh, message to deliver it's like you cannot play God you cannot fix everything you can and I think I think that movie was probably elements of autobiographical that's Wiseau's problem yeah. he thinks he's God. We were just talking about that on the way here. How it's clearly it's a it's an ego thing for him. Yeah. And there are a lot of movies that that are that had like a good story that were just really really bad. I think that's a really really common thing. Like, did you ever see Summer of Sam? No, I didn't see it. That's it Spike Lee, right? Spike Lee. Summer yeah. of Sam. It basically goes around when uh, the Son of Sam murders were happening. Right, right. And it, it, it's like, wow. It's, it's basically like these these people trying to live in New York and people accusing each other. Oh, it's got to be this guy because he's weird, you know. But it's a piece of hot garbage. I yeah, yeah. I hated that movie. I yeah, hated it. I, I, I passed on it. Again, you know, uh, I have to be very selective with my movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, sure. Bessie's going to interject here. So I just want to say I like the way that you liken the movie to music. But I think I see it more as food or nutrients. Oh. Like oh, a meal like a yeah. meal for your brain, something that you take with you and you digest later and you get little bits and pieces out of it. Oh, I like this. So the movie Once Upon a Time in Child in Hollywood. Childhood. In childhood. Once, <laughs> Once yes. Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. Is like a big meal of donuts. Like, mm, mm, wouldn't it be great yes. if this didn't happen in history? Uh, yes. And then you eat all this sugar and you don't get anything out of it and you just crash. There's, yes. it's fun at the moment, but there's nothing of substance there. So I agree with you on that. It was fun to watch. I enjoyed watching it, but it's not something that you're going to watch over and over. You're not going to get anything out of it. Right. The the room is like if you put flour, an egg, a whole tomato, and a chicken on a plate and called it. Chicken Parmesan. <laughs> it's like the, there are potential yeah, yeah. nutrients there, but it's, it's not, not developed. Uh, no, no, There's nothing the, right about <laughs> it. Like it doesn't come together. I I think there are more things. I, I think it's it's more than that. I, I think there are some things that are right about it. It's like real. Like, do you remember that movie adaptation? Yes. Yeah. I love that movie. Um, and and real. One of the things that was uh, uh, that happened in that movie was. There were some, it, it, so it, it, adaptation is again. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a movie about writing a movie, and the guy really is kind of, right. you know, hitting wall after wall, and it's kind. It, it was like <laughs> semi autobiographical, but the point, and, and you know, what was great about the adaptation was the book, um, the Orchid Thief. It was, I think it was, uh, it was, uh, it started out as a, as a, is a, an article in the New Yorker, and then she expanded for a book. There were some moments in that movie where he had written it and they had actually filmed, you know, what he he wrote that had like real potentials like, whoa, wait, wait, that's 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 good. That's really good. The problem is the guy had a nervous breakdown. He couldn't he couldn't right. he couldn't finish it. Yeah. And the, the, the irony is at the end of the movie, you know, his twin brother produces the movie that Hollywood wants to see. Oh, the orchids is a special drug and blah, blah, blah. That, that is an ideal movie to talk about what's wrong with Hollywood. Right. They have this incredible opportunity and responsibility to sort of elevate the never before i mean the entire world is plugged into netflix now now never before has the has has humanity been united as an audience give it to me all right give me your story give it to me help elevate the human race and i'm sorry i once upon a time in hollywood it was fun it doesn't elevate the human race okay so the room, though, has the <laughs> potential to do that. Well, sure. Because, because the moral is, it's like, don't play God. Right. Okay. That's. I guess that's my argument is, is it's just they just put every piece of crap in the bucket <sighs> and kept it all. 
You know what I mean? And they, they kept every bit of it, and they did release it. It wasn't fixed by, by, a director, by a different director or a different producer or somebody. It was all this maniac who I would love to have a beer with, by the way. The guy, he's got to be an acid trip of a person. You know, I just, I I would love to hang out and talk to him for a little while. I would like, okay, what do you want to touch on first? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Johnny, I love you. I see you. Oh, Johnny, I love the podcast. I I saw you wrestle. It's great. I saw you wrestle. (laughs) You baby face. You great great, great baby face. You're a little fat, you know. Um, (laughs) Would you, I want to, I would like to, do you want to touch on some more, some sure. amazing uh, dialogue yes, that's yes. in there first, and then <laughs> well, I would know, like that alone makes it kind of classic as well. Yeah, some of the amazing uh, just things that happen in the movie that are just how did you meet Lisa? And he goes off on this it's a real funny story. A funny story. I had a check I couldn't cash. Out of state check. You can cash an out of state <laughs> check. Okay. Just I mean, it, and he goes to this this long story that I I may or may not have dozed off during. I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then when he finds out that that Lisa's cheating on him, he just happened to have this tape recorder like in his back pocket <laughs> that he plugged in. Now I guess somebody said to him, "That's not gonna work. That doesn't work." And the other guy, the guy that played Mark, was like, no, he literally uses that exact tape recorder to record all his phone conversations. He really can do this. Okay? I mentioned how they go through the, uh, they go through the door on the roof and then they go left. And uh, I mentioned that. That's great. Uh, the weird... Uh, the weird dry humping of the dress when he's like ready to kill himself. Yeah. Do you yeah, remember that? Yeah. He's like like humping this, this this so weird. Okay. So they catch this drug dealer, they're gonna turn him into the cops, right? So here's this this tough street guy. These two guys who've clearly never been in a street fight in their life are able to take down this yeah, drug dealer yeah. and just take him out with no fight at all out to go to the to take him to the police. But then Johnny just kind of kept the gun and put it in this thing in his room. Well, that, turn... that was the device he used. Like, okay. How, how is this guy have a gun? This 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 you know this straight laced banker. He wouldn't have a gun. Oh, because he disarmed a drug dealer. Well, I, I know bankers that have guns. Of course they do. I mean, not you know, to, they, they, not Johnny. Johnny but not Johnny. I just I was just kind of like have a gun. I love people. So boom, Johnny blows <laughs> his brains out. Right. Yeah. yeah and in yeah. the show, Mark and Lisa come running in to check on him. His brains are all over the floor, a puddle of blood behind his head. And they say, wake up, Johnny. Is he dead? Like, OK, the back of his head is gone. OK. Like, you know. And then I love when and this is another great piece of dialogue. I love when now Mark is leaving and Lisa is trying to stay with Mark. And and he says, as far as I'm concerned, you can drop off the earth. That's a promise. <laughs> what an awkward. Well, you know, the, obviously the guy who wrote it, English wasn't his first language. Of course I mean. not. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I mean, if they did everything, almost everything that, that, that Tommy Wiseau did. I love, too, the great thing, too, where he, Mark says, I used to know this girl. She had a dozen guys. One of them found out and put her in a hospital on Guerrero Street. And then, ha, 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 what a story, Mark. What a story, Mark. Like, <laughs> so, so what we would love to recommend to you guys, though, is, is I find the story, this rich guy decided to make a movie, I find the story of the making of yeah. it so compelling. And I did a deep dive in the past. I did a deep dive on it again last night after we watched The Disaster Artist. It's pretty close to what really happened, okay? Like how they, The Disaster Artist is amazing. And I think James Franco nailed Yeah. That part, he's he nailed it. I, 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 I he's could... brilliant. I, he, I think he's one of the most uh, as as big as he is. I still think he's underrated. Oh yeah, he's great. I think he's up there. It's it's, it's just uh, has he won an? I know he's been nominated a lot for an Oscar. Has he I don't won think he's yet? won one. No, I, I mean so. he again. That's another sin of Hollywood. But he is. Um, you know, were there is the movie flawed? Yes, but the only way I can say is, is, is put it this way: Did you ever listen to a song, and suddenly you get chills like? That's good. Yeah. Like that. That. Yeah. That's good. And it's like, okay, no, that's. And that's kind of how I when I felt when I saw. It, I was like, wait a minute, this is not as bad as everyone says it is. Well, I think the movie itself is terrible. I'm I'm going to go along with you and say that if it was real then and it was done right, maybe it could have been a good movie. My argument is it. It wasn't done right, and it was released like that with with the green skins, with the horrible. They filmed a set, and yeah. they built an, a, a set of an alleyway to record a scene in an alleyway just inside the door from an alleyway. Okay, so it just looks like a Saturday Night Live set, and it's just I just feel like it just it 
regardless. I'm not gonna, and, again. I'm not gonna say you're wrong. This is all subjective. And I, and I concede that you know, the guy himself. He just want the whole process was for him to be famous. Was for right. him. He didn't want to be an artist. He didn't. I I think that. Um, you don't agree. Or. Best doesn't agree. Hold on. I don't think he wanted to be famous. I think he wanted everyone to think he was am- as amazing as he thought he was. <laughs> oh. Well, th- but you know the the thing is, is that I, I, like with music, you cannot do it by yourself. It is really, really hard, and you need perspectives. You need people to kind of, you know, guide you along the way, or at least just say, ah, you know, I don't know. You know, e- even writers need editors, um, and so it. it, it if he wanted to be appreciated, he needed to kind of r- be a little bit more humble. The, the enthusiasm was there. The humility wasn't. And, I mean, uh, you're an artist. Yeah. You, you, you know. You oh, know I'm my own worst you, critic, man. You, 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 I, you I need to be humble. I want to touch on really quick before we move on. I want to touch on just quickly some other movies that should have been great mm-hmm. but just fell short for some reason right. okay there's always uh all the talk of 1996 the island of dr moreau oh yeah i saw that which should have been really good but apparently yeah. val kilmer was an ins- insane uh egomaniac and marlon brando was being marlon brando freaking insane you know he was like being so eccentric and kind of you know i gotta say uh, you know the movie was not I think it, it it unraveled at the very end. Yeah, but I haven't the, seen it in a long time. I'll have to revisit the it. The tension was there. I mean, the tension. Like I, I have to say, like the beginning and sort of as your as the reveal is coming along, it was it was building, and, and I think that that was what was most disappointing about it. I, you know, Kilmer uh, and Brando for for all their foibles, I don't think they 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 sunk that movie. I think that the writers and the directors didn't know what to do. Right. I guess I guess Brando had a ton of demands and and that that they said okay, you know, and it just um okay, then there's this I don't have the year on here. I wish I just did a screenshot. But did you see The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Don't get me wrong. I have fun when Sean I Sean Connery, right? Yeah, I've watched it a couple times. I, I have fun it. with it. Is that I, is that like a trying to capitalize on the whole steampunk sort of craze? Kind and of. Stuff? Now that you mentioned that, we have to talk about uh, the Wild Wild West with Will Smith. They capitalized on all that. The steampunk yeah. thing was starting to happen, and they had all these machines that never could have happened at that time. Right. Anyway, how did Catwoman? How could that? It's Catwoman. How do you yeah. go wrong with that? Right. They did. It's it's great premise. Okay. You know, making movies about villains are very make, very challenging because about, they're protagonists. Yeah. And how do you make a protagonist out of someone who's so clearly born to be the antagonist? Right. Right. I mean, I, so I did not see Joker um, because uh, I have a problem with the Joker. I, I don't like the Joker. That's because he's a clown? No, yeah, there's a little bit of that. And I, I, I was, as a kid, I was a very big Batman fan. Oh, yeah. And uh, I did not like the Joker. And so I, I, you know, to me, it was like, how could you make a movie about this guy? Who's but, the best Batman? I, I know I you know the thing is is that uh, the best Batman that's a good question let me think about this one. I have I, I have a I have a yeah oh how about this we have to talk really quick about 1998 Godzilla the 1998 Godzilla I saw that uh, in pieces on HBO that was kind of disappointing kinda somehow really they didn't notice that this thing was living in Madison Square Garden yeah, yeah. dropping eggs everywhere they didn't yeah. notice that it's just a thing. You know, I, I, I don't I don't know. You know, but it also, it, it betrayed the original Godzilla pre- uh, premise was that, like, you know, Rah! It didn't look you know, like Godzilla. Yeah. It looked like a it something that dressed apart. It, it, yeah. I, it, I, 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 I'm glad I passed on that one. Again, I, I might have saw it when I was younger. Like, I'd gone into the movie theater to see it. Uh, but with my wife, I mean, she's not a movie person. So you well, tell her Meryl Streep's in it. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then when she says, where's Meryl Streep? Say she's in the Godzilla costume. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you got to be careful. So, who who's the best Batman? Uh, the best Batman that I like. Okay, let me think about this. Let's kind of go through. Let me just go through the list. We're gonna start with Adam West. Yep. Okay. Yep. And then Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. And then Val Kilmer. Then George Clooney. Then George Clooney. Then Christian Bale. Christian Bale. No. And then uh, Affleck. Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. Yeah. And then has anyone? Re- there's going to be another new Batman after Ben Affleck. Who is it going to be? I'm not sure. Kevin uh, Conroy and Robert Lowry were also 
That's before the TV, the classic 60s oh, TV okay. show. Yeah. Um, okay, so, you know, my heart wants to say Adam West. My heart wants to say Adam West. But Agreed. I, I really did like the Christian Bale movies. I did too, but there's also something I think, I, I love Michael Keaton in that role. Yeah, he was great in the first Loved one. it. Oh, he was great. Those were, those ones were a little more comic booky than than where they went. Yeah. I love the Christian Bell ones too, but I, Ben Affleck, no. Clooney, no. Val Kilmer, no. I will stick with. Yeah, you know Val Kilmer. You know, I think he overthought it. You know, yeah. I think he, he. You know, that's his thing. You know, he's like a Juilliard trained actor. You know, and and he like he goes into it, and, and it's like he'll like if he has to play like a minor role, like a hot dog vendor, he's going to go to the plant and see how the hot dogs are processed. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I so. I just that's that's to me like how do you drop the ball on Batman? Wait, I don't know. In which was that the one where it was with Schwarzenegger? And uh yeah, yeah see, you yeah. know, it was Schwarzenegger and then it was uh, Jim Carrey and uh yeah, that the that, Jim Carrey was, was with the, uh, the Riddler. Was oh no, that was George Clooney, you're right. Yeah, George Clooney, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. no, I, I Poison Ivy, that was right. He had to face Poison Ivy. Uh, yeah, uh, Uma Thurman. Yeah, that that was like but you know, that but the best part about that movie was the uh the song on the closing credits. Kiss Me Rose? No. no. What movie is that? What's Kiss Morales from? Batman. Batman, yeah. Yeah, but but that came after this song. What? Hold me, kiss me, thrill me, kill me. You too. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah. I, I should have known. I'm sorry. I should have known. Well, do you have anything else you want to mention before we move on to the, the next part of the show? You know, um, I, I do feel that sometimes um, conventional wisdom steers people you know, everyone they hear everyone, and then people sometimes they just kind of go along with it. You know, maybe it's not a conscious choice to go along with the crowd. It's just their their mind is elsewhere. Right. Think for yourself. Think for yourself. See if you haven't seen the room, see it, yeah. and 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 make your see if maybe you see what I see. Like, wait a minute. There's some there's some things here that are that could be mined. That could be. Ex- ex- I think that the mother-in-law having cancer and, and all of this, that was like, could have been like a, a huge story development. And his reply to that was, it's a twist. All right. all right, we have one constant on this podcast, and we call it The Final Three. Pew, 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 pew. All right, these are the same three questions that we ask on every episode, but we already asked these questions. Our first question is usually, how do you take your coffee? You already, you already, Yep, you answered that question once before. So now we've adjusted this one, if people have already answered that, to something consumable, something else. So what is your, right now, we are mid-August, what is your summer cocktail? Oh, oh, that's a good question. I know. Or beer or whatever. But, I mean, so yeah. I, I would, it would have to be uh, the sours. Yeah, the um, you you got me hooked on that. Uh, you know, it's like one of I forget who you had on your podcast. Mark, you to, Mark and, Avery from and, Two Weeks uh, Notice. Yeah, so I'm gonna. Tr- you know, I've always been afraid to try them. Yeah, but 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 I'm gonna do it. And then uh, Broadbrook here in, uh, opened in Suffield, and I, I live in Suffield. And uh, I said, you know, I'm gonna give this this sour thing a try. And the first time I had it, it was a little different. Oh yeah. And and now I I just I love it. You know, the other thing is I think with with beer, you know, if uh, you, it's a tendency to um, uh, drink it too fast, too quickly. Right. Where I think with the sour, it's like you really savor it, and um, and so that's yeah, that's my that's my summer drink. I think sour ales are so good on a hot day. Yeah, they're so great because they're crisp. I think, I think a lot of people don't get past that first initial sip, and they're they're. It's spoiled in the right way. Like, it's supposed to taste like that. And once you get that in your head, that it's supposed to taste like that, yeah. then you're all set. Yeah. But, okay, great. And the one that you gave me, so we, yes. did, we did a trade. Yeah. I, 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 uh, I gave Johnny a uh, one from Broadbrook. And which, the one you Two gave me? Two weeks notice. Oh, that one was awesome. It was a blueberry oh lemonade, yeah, God, or blackberry lemonade, was, yeah. That was legendary. Yeah, was he, just... he has another one coming. He had one. You would have loved it. It was with... Uh, lime, agave, mm. and salt. So it was like a margarita yeah, sour. I was about to say that, yeah. Tremendous. It was so good. You have a little touch of salt and a little, oh, just fantastic. Wow. Yeah, he's, 
You have to meet him. You guys, you would love him. He's great. He's such a good guy. He's like this. He's kind of a large guy. And every time I, I play there, at least I was before the before the quarantine, I was playing there often. He comes up, give you a big bear hug every time. And they're great people. So yeah, that's cool. Cool, cool man. Cool. We'll have to, I'll have to find out what he has for sours now, and and we'll we'll we'll, yeah, get, no, we'll yeah. get some to you. Absolutely. Cool. Very good. Well, the second question is is usually uh, what is the last movie you saw either at home or in the theater uh-huh. without any spoilers do you have any thoughts have you seen anything else recently yeah yeah oh great okay uh, it's on Netflix it's a it's a French movie so if you don't like subtitles then you, you, you know it, and you really um, you really have to read the subtitles you have to follow this very closely this is one of those artistic movies that is it's gonna get it's gonna get made here because as I said, Hollywood can't come up with original right, right. ideas. How sad is that? Yeah. It's called Nothing to Hide. Okay. And the premise, and this is important, it's set during a lunar eclipse. Uh, it, it, these um, these these childhood friends, these it's three couples and, and and one guy. They meet together for dinner and they decide to have this game where they put all their cell phones in the middle of the table and whatever phone call, text, or any kind of communication that comes, they have to share it with the group. Oof. And a lot happens. A lot happens, and it and it gets it gets a lot of twists and turns. Gets a little it gets a little dark. Okay. Um, well, not dark in terms of you know nobody dies, but it's really really intense. All right. And and it and it and it, it twists and it turns and um, you you do not you never expect where it's going. Um, it's that that's the kind of movie that I like. It's like it's it's very original. The characters are very developed. You think you know them, and then they surprise you. Okay. And so that's a really good one. Uh, that I. Just it it it's the closest thing I think I think it's a perfect movie. I'm surprised it it came out in 2018 and I'm surprised it hasn't been. I have a feeling if it gets remade, it's going to get ruined. I, I fear yeah. that. I fear that. All right, we'll have to. I think we'll have to watch that. That sounds really cool. Are you really? Yeah. She puts on like she put the subtitles on on an English speaking movie. Sometimes you need that. Yeah, but I find myself, even though I can listen, I find myself looking at that, and I'm not seeing the sky. But then again, I'm the one with all the head injuries, so that's why I'm having the problems. (laughs) Have you you ever seen Dairy Girls? No. It's set in Northern Ireland, and you know they are speaking English. Yeah, uh, but sometimes there'll be words and or thing. I, I either I don't know what they're saying. There's an extra. It's little rounder o or or they'll they'll just use <laughs> oh I kept to pick up my wine. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, Wayne. I guess is like W A I N. It's like it's it's synonymous with kid. Okay. Yeah. So um, that's a great show, but but I have to see that in subtitles because I don't understand a word they're okay. saying. Okay. All right. Did you did you get into? I do you like? Did you like The Office? Yeah, of course. So have you seen what we do in the shadows? You know, I keep hearing you talk about this, dude. And, and it's like, first and, we and Jermaine, the movie. Jermaine is is like he's like a player in it or something like that. He has in the, okay in the movie. He has a big role in the movie. He only has a very small part in the series. Okay, but they did so. It's basically the office with vampires. Yeah. We loved it. We loved it. Okay, I'm gonna have to check it yeah. out. Oh, and speaking of the room, the other thing that we've been hooked on lately is the 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 game, the room. It's not on the based on the movie. It's a game called The Room. They have it's an app. They basically have four or five versions of it now. It's basically all puzzle boxes and escape rooms. You have to like it's sequential. Oh, like you find that kind of room. Right, you find like a, a key and you adjust the key. And, oh, I know what that looks like. That's in that other room that's three rooms away, and you have to go over there and put that in there. Then you get another tool for something else. You have to figure out where that goes, and you have to. It's really fun. This is old school gaming because that that oh. don't you remember the game in the nineties, Mist? I don't know. That was what Mist was all about. So like Mist, well, like I want to say nineteen ninety four. It was like one of the first CD ROM games and like the the art was very visual and you had to solve puzzles to move from one world to a next and it's uh, uh, I don't know Uh, as as games go today you'd be bored by it but what you're describing reminds me of Myst yeah check it out please we thought we finished uh, The Room 3 last night was it last night the night before we thought we finished it and boom you were like what's going on and then you see yeah, yeah, yeah. Should I not say? Uh-oh, uh-oh. 
we didn't finish it. We <laughs> thought we did. We're going to leave it at that. How about that? I think that's We great. thought we that's finished it, but we didn't. Yeah, I that, think you'd really love it. Those are the best kind of games. Right? Like, well, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah <laughs> but we, well, we, but we, opposite. We were so excited because there's more because they only have one more that's an app for you know tablet or whatever mm-hmm. and then the other one is vr the last one is vr which we don't have virtual reality yet so yeah so are you getting it i i, I think we're gonna have to, to build a house oh yeah, <laughs> yeah so you can do the vr in the house but i think uh i mean <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> yes yeah that, that'd be a great that'd be a great excuse to get it is to get the last version of that so all right question number three is do you have a local small business that you would like to plug i don't know if they're small but i do love the uh Broadbrook Brewery. Counts. Um, They're over on Route 75 in Suffield, just uh, a little north of um, of, uh, Bradley Airport. And... uh, I, I have they have a great dining room and a nice porch. I haven't done that. I'm like one of those guys. I go in with a giant bottle, a growler, and I go, "What do you have on tap? Give it to me." And <laughs> then and then I, I spend like I don't know sometimes fifty, sixty bucks on oh on yeah, just, that's easy on just the cans. And uh, I haven't gotten around to kind of doing the whole taste thing. And um, and they always have a food truck outside, yeah, you know, so you can eat there and stuff. But I really like it a lot, and uh, like I said, I'm from Suffield, and so yeah. um, I, I, I want to be like pro Suffield, kind of go these businesses, and uh, it's just like it's on the way to everything, and so I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm going to I'm going to the brewery, I'm going to the brewery to get a, a growler, yeah. And uh, the the best part about growlers is like if you know you have friends coming over, if I should shit, I should have gotten one today. Uh, <laughs> it's all right. Yeah, it's good. You know, you get a growler, and. Um, because as you know, once you open it, yeah, it must be drunk. Yeah, it's done. Yeah, and so and so you pour a bunch of glasses out, and everyone has a good time. Like this beer is fantastic; it's great. Yeah. And so um, there have been many times where I've had to finish an entire growler by myself. Oh shucks, so it was a good night. That's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the sacrifice. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else? No, no, no. You're good. Nothing yeah, else. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, uh, yeah. No, that's a- here's what I think we should do. I think we both need to watch. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood again, and we'll do the opposite, and we'll talk about that one. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> That'd be great. We'll do it. Although um, that kind of that kind of goes against my shtick. I'm, I'm 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 like I said, I'm the public defender for the culturally maligned. Okay, great. And so okay, there you, know, you go. I know it's a it's, so I I can't defend it. I guess I can. I guess you it's can. the opposite. Or 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 we'll come on and I'll make you find things to defend about it. That'd be great. Okay. <laughs> that's right. that's that's kind of your gimmick, right? That's your thing. Yeah. Awesome, man. So hey guys, don't forget, please subscribe to Idle Chat on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Castbox, Pocket Casts, and Podcast Addict. And I'm sure there's a bunch more out there. Make sure you like our Facebook and Twitter at Idle Chat Podcast. Thanks for doing this, man. Uh, absolute pleasure, as always, anytime. Uh, so fun. And get in on that giveaway on the hot sauce, guys. We're going to be talking about that on the next Chit Chat with Bessie. Thank you for listening. Talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks.